you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Be sure to, as always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. The Chris Voss Show, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harsh as your mother-in-law. I love that joke. I, I like that better than wrong. Uh, but your mom might not like you as well. But uh, the Chris Foss Show does love you, so there you go. Uh, also, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, uh, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.chrisfoss, uh, all those two crazy places on the interwebs. Uh, today, we have an amazing gentleman. We're going to be talking to him on the show, all the way from Australia, as it were. And uh, we're going to talk to him about his uh, business his clients and how he built it and all that good stuff. James Leon Donatosian is on the show. I'm probably not saying that without the proper inflection of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, uh, language. Uh, he's Armenian. Uh, but, uh, he is the CEO and founder of Printech. Welcome to the show, James. How are you? Thank you very much. And great having you guys. Uh, uh yeah. So again, we're from Australia, Sydney, and, uh, my background is Armenian and I was born and raised in Baghdad, Iraq. Oh, wow. Moved, yeah. So I moved to Australia after the war in 2003. So pr- pretty much we've seen everything. There you go. And you yeah, guys, uh, when you guys arrived, you arrived with little, the, just very little, the shirts on your back. Were you escaping uh, the war tornness of uh, Baghdad? Well, after after the war, um, pretty much we just had to pack our bags and, and leave the country because, uh, you know, uh, there was a kidnapping situation for me. So uh, people yeah. try to kidnap me because, you know, my, my father is a doctor and he's well known. Uh, oh, wow. And, and in Baghdad, and uh, in 2003, after the war, we received a letter and saying that we're going to kidnap your son. So it's time for him to, you know, it was some kind of an intel job that we received. Uh-huh. That was someone, someone is actually was my dad's patient and uh, probably he heard something going on that they're, uh, you know, working wow. to kidnap me. And uh, we received a letter and we had to leave the same day to Syria. Wow. That's crazy. So I still have all my photos, my childhood photos, didn't say goodbye to my friends or, you know, the, 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 the reigning of the family. We just had to just leave everything and up and, and yeah. And so you end up living life as an immigrant, escaping war from your family, and you're running around, and you run into a lot of different things, discrimination and challenges. Talk to us a little about that and how that shaped you into being the businessman you are today. Look, uh, I think I grew up too fast in terms of uh, what I've seen in the life experiences, that what I've seen and where I am today. So when I left Iraq, came to Australia when I was 16, but I was more like 30 instead mm-hmm. of 16, you know, So because I've seen it all. Yeah, and uh, uh, I wasn't educated, so I was just pretty much. It's English is my third language, so I came to a country. It's a new language, and new opportunities, and 
coming from a background with an educated uh, family, you know, from doctors and engineers, and I was like, well, I really need to be something here. And uh, the language was really tough to understand it, to learn the physics or biology or whatever, you know, subjects that we had in high school. So I didn't really do great. Mm -hmm. However, I really wanted to build something that to show that everyone can do it, even though if you have challenges with language, you still can learn and become something. So I really kind of finished my high school. I didn't pass. Mm -hmm. uh, it was on a very low kind of, a, you know, uh, rates that, that I had. And then I, I finished up the high school and then I start working as a selling credit cards door to door. So selling uh, uh, go to businesses and, you know, introducing ING business cards to uh, a Citibank, actually a Citibank uh, credit cards to introduce to people and just kind of try to sign them up for $50. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty interesting job, door-to-door, -door, commission only. Um, and I've done that for six months and mm -hmm. been great at it. And then I decided, okay, you know what, I'm a people person. So I love talking to people. Mm -hmm. I think I got the gift of the gap for something very special, you know? So I want to learn about myself more now. So let's see what's next. So when I finished that job, I kind of drifted away from that. I started doing more on the phone now. So uh, selling life insurance on the phone, you know? So call uh, consumers, moms and dads, that int introducing them, you know, life insurance. If you're going to pass away today, how can we protect your family. So it was a very tough gig to sell. So I've done that as well for about three to four months just to kind of get experience in cold calling and also learn how to, you know, uh, uh, negotiate with clients to give them a better deal or, you know, to work something that, you know, to, to win. Door-to-door uh, selling so, is hard, man. That's, that's quite difficult to yep. take and do. And, and it shapes Absolutely. you. Uh, yeah, you know, that's yeah, one of those yeah. hard sales jobs that will shape you in a way that will really make you a good salesman or break you as a person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, pressure, mental pressure, KPIs, it's got to be a reach. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a race. It's a, it's a race mm -hmm. pretty much, you know. Uh, it's win or lose, you know, win the deal or lose the deal, you know. So that's mm -hmm. what it is. And reach it, it's, 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 a, it's a little tough. Plus it's anyway, physical so, um, too, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I've done that as well. And then I was like, you know what? It's I'm getting really brained by doing it for six months with cold calling and just selling life insurance. I need something more stable, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I start working on a telecommunication company uh, So uh, as a retention. So now I already built my face-to-face -face doing communication with people. And also on the phone, which is pretty much understanding what people want or selling it to them on the phone. So we got face-to-face mm -hmm. -face and on the phone. Now, the only thing is I didn't have is speaking to angry clients, which is its retention center, which is I got a job to speak to the worst clients that they really hate the company and they want to leave, which is the telecommunication company. So... Mm -hmm. Like everyone who got a, a massive bill or he had an issue with the network that's not being resolved and they really want to cancel their server services, mm -hmm. they call us. And I'm the basically the person who needs to calm them down and find the solution and retain them and keep them. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's so um, yeah, with Virgin Mobile actually it was. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So um, it was was one of the honestly it was one of the great greatest jobs that I had. I loved it. Why is because. 
I was so good at negotiating with clients about their the terms they're in, the problems they have, and solve it. So I was pretty much the highest guy who retained clients for the company. Oh, wow. And I stayed there. I was 21 or 22. I left the company mm-hmm. because they sold it to Sunktail to Optus, uh, Virgin Mobile Merge. And then I got a job as a technical support officer, speak to offshore uh, support team and just to help them and fix things up. And I was like, well, I need to talk to people and, you know, get the, the deals done here. Mm-hmm. I'm not here things up as a technical guy. I'm not a tech guy, you know, mm-hmm. although I sell technical stuff today, but uh, uh, it was, was really great. So, I mean, I was just really bored in the office, just sitting down and it was like rotated shift. It was like Christmas. One of my shifts, it was like from 3, uh, 3 p.m. until like 12 a.m. it was, and it was on a, on a New Year's Eve. So, I still remember I was New Year's in the office and I was like, well, what's now? You know, what am I going to be doing? Like, I'm 21 years old. I'm stuck here earning $50,000 salary. Uh-huh. You know, I just got this really hunger in me. I really want to do something about it. And then I was like, let me just find jobs. So I was just start applying, 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 applying online and just random places. You know, I just want a job. You know, I just want something better than I am in. You know, I want to earn more money pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I came across a, a company that they sell photocopiers and printers. And uh, I went there for an interview and it was, you know, December and then January. They wanted something to start in January and then um, I got the job. Uh, they really didn't really go through my experiences in terms of what I've done and what I've achieved. It was more like a personal personal experiences, what you've done, where you came from and all that. And uh, mm-hmm. I got the job and uh, stayed there for about five years. Mm. Uh, and uh, while I was there, I got married. And uh, by the age of 23, exactly 10 years ago, because mm-hmm. uh, our 10-year anniversary right now for Printec, and uh, oh. I decided to open my own venture, which is um, uh, doing pretty much you know, uh, what I was doing, I gained my experiences and I just kind of tweaked it with my touch a little bit. Mm-hmm. And here we are, we've got over, you know, uh, over 1,500 uh, customers, 3,000 devices being leased, and uh, we're running just over a $20 million operation. Nice. That's pretty successful. Yeah. Are you doing that uh, just solely in Australia? Australia only, yes, that's correct. There you go. So, yeah, uh, do, yeah. do we... When we start out, do we get the dot-coms of Printech and stuff? Yeah, yeah so it's www.printech.com. There you go. Uh, Remind people of it. Yeah, yeah so uh, it's, it's, it's good. And uh, I do have another uh, podcast. Uh, it's under New Age Entrepreneur. It goes more into details about myself and about the war, what we've done since I was a kid. Because I've been in the war zone for many years, you know, since the Kuwaiti War, the Gulf War, you know, the Iranian War and all that stuff. So since I was 87... And uh, so I've seen it all in, uh, in, in, in the Middle East. So, uh, uh, and uh, right now we basically, I, I, it's just the, the hunger that we have as a company and we just want to establish more. So what we've done is we, uh, three, four years ago, we came up with, well, I came up with an idea that I want to open my own finance company as a broker. So I went back to school, to college, to study finance. And Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, I established my company, which is called Fin, fin Loans, F-I-N, loans.com. So uh, the way it works is we lease the equipment right now to the end of the user, 
and uh, I was using a third-party finance companies to finance my products, and they're making brokerage on it, which is up to 7%. And I decided, hold on a second, that's another way of making income. How come I haven't thought about it? So I decided, and instead of using a third-party finance company, I can bring it in-house. So I'm a big believer in doing everything in-house, you know, from the finance side of it, from deliveries, uh, from support maintenance, the whole thing, I like to do it in-house, which is nice. in-house means print tech. There you go. I mean, doing yeah. stuff in-house as opposed to out-house is uh, much better. Absolutely, because I like to keep the money for my people, you know. So instead of outsourcing to people, they're going to be making, you know, the income. I like to grow here and give more opportunities to work for me. So There you go. There you go. Yeah. So you've built the business over how many years now again? Ten years now. Ten years now. That's uh, what, what are some of the keys to your success in the business and core values? Well, the, the values that we have is uh, ethics is number one. You got to be very ethical in terms of if you want to run a long term business. That's first, mm-hmm. and also uh, you got to be motivated. Uh, Self motivation is the key to success. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people they see a show they might get really motivated from, or you know they see a car they might get motivated from, or quote that's mm-hmm. great. But that's just for a certain time, and then automatically your mind it goes back to you zone out from it, and then you just won't be motivated anymore. But mm-hmm. if you're self-motivated, you got to educate and train yourself on a daily basis how you can be positive, and if you have a goal or a vision, how to reach it. You know, uh-huh. which is you got to be visionary. You know, that's true. simple that's true. You know, there's goal orientation is great because you can say, oh, I want to earn this much money by end of the year. But if you have not, you know, if, you, if you don't have a vision to reach it, mm-hmm. how are you going to accomplish it? So goal is something that you put on paper that, yes, I want to earn $50,000 by end of the year. But if you don't have the vision towards it, how are you going to reach it? So yeah. they're linked together. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. If you don't have the vision, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to reach it at all. I mean, that's the real core. Uh, yeah. And- yes. And so you, uh, one of the things you do is you own a range of luxury cars valued over. I love cars. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I do have, I do have a few cars that, uh, since I was a kid, I always wanted to own a Lamborghini. So, uh, I, I did own one when I was 25 and I still have it. It's actually my second Lamborghini and I end up, you know what? Well, if I have a Lamborghini, I need a Ferrari, you know? So <laughs> I decided to buy a Ferrari and then, um, uh, and then I was like, well, I need to buy something different. You know, I got a, uh, you know, taste the English kind of a supercar, you know, instead of the Italian, let me just, you know, see how it feels. So I ended up uh-huh. buying a McLaren, which is, I do have a McLaren, and uh, and I do have a GVR Pro, which is a limited, I think you can see it through here, the yellow one. It's mm-hmm. one of 15 in the country, and uh, GVR Pro, AMG. And I do have, you know, Bellings and all that, and I just love cars, you know. There you it's go. an expensive cars. hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cars it's an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. do you use those to motivate your employees? I was reading your bio here, and it says uh, you you like to park them in the office to motivate employees. Well, I'm in my office right now, and that's my motivation room behind me. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, the reason is why I like to do that is because I've seen a lot of young people. You know, they are so lost in their life; they don't know what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. they just, you know, they they they. they they just really lost in terms of, hey, I want a job, but I've interviewed a lot of people, by the way. So I want a job. I want to be. I want to be like you. And I was like, well, why do you want to be like me? What have you achieved to be like me? Or how, what, what's your goals? What's your visions? You know, 
what do you want? Oh, I just want to make a lot of money. But they don't have a mindset towards it, you know? That's and true. this is why they just look at a lot of social media. They just look at a lot of um, Instagram. They see cars. You know, I just want to be like that. But hold on a second. What's your vision? What's your goal? Do you, did you write the pros and cons in the paper that getting it is very easy, but you got to commit to it? And a lot yeah. of people, young, young people, they don't like to commit these days, my friend. That's true. They yeah. don't want to be influencers and TikTok stars. Absolutely, which is, you know, we didn't have that in our days. I'm 35 years old, and, you know, when I was, when I was 16 and 15 or 14, I never had an iPad in my life. Matter of fact, I never had a mobile phone because in Iraq, we never had a mobile phone. So we just had local channels, mm-hmm. you know, and also no internet, nothing. So we just had a soccer ball and kick in and, and, and just talk to people face to face and be outdoor. That, that, mm-hmm. That's all we had. You know? Yeah. And so people really need to have a vision for something and build uh, what they want to achieve. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, so you've got the Caltech, you've got the Caltech or Caltech, is it Caltech? Caltech. Caltech, Caltech is my communication. Yeah, Caltech. So I have Caltech and I have Printech and also Finloans. Okay. Uh, Caltech is the telecommunication company that I did work in it, so I know how it works. I know the experiences in it. So I was like, well, we're dealing with B2B here. B2B stands for business to business. So mm-hmm. uh, what does a business need these days? Mm-hmm. They need telephone, PBX system, cloud solution to for communication. That's one. Second thing, they need a photocopier to print, you know, mm-hmm. and people do still print and uh, people yeah. doubt say, oh, mate, you know, everybody here, they don't print anymore. You know, paperless been going on for a very long time that the word is going to be paperless, but still 85% people, 90% people print, you know, yeah. and also finance. Everybody wants finance. You know, every business needs finance. They need to finance their equipment. They need to lease their equipment or they need to rent their equipment. You know, that's a huge thing in Australia, you know. So um, so when you when you sit down with one person instead of sitting down with four consultancy people to give you an advice on different products, like you're a business owner, mm-hmm. you don't want to keep sitting down with your telco provider or a photocopier provider or a finance provider. You mm-hmm. just want to sit with a consultant who's educated Mm-hmm. And give you one solution to cover everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Definitely time-consuming, which is it's time-consuming. So you need to minimize your time. Speak to quality people, and they will give you the best options. Hmm. There you go. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a thing where you've got to understand people and how they work. Uh, what what are some other factors you think that have led to your success that you try and share with others? What was that, sir? I couldn't hear you. Uh, what were some other factors that of your success that, are, that led to your success that uh, yep. you, you like to share with others? Well, uh, success, you know, uh, j- just be knowledgeable about the products that you're selling. Okay? Mm-hmm. So learn and understand what you're selling to achieve it and mm-hmm. make it happen. Uh, you know, uh, if you're pretty much selling anything, Product. Product can sell itself, by the way. But at the end of the day, you're selling yourself, your personality, mm-hmm. your knowledge, you know, your, 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 your relationship with, with the end user, you know? Mm-hmm. So, again, you got to be very open about what you're going to be selling. And mm-hmm. once you know yourself and understand what you're going to be selling, the confidence you have, the knowledge about the product, uh, your sales pitch, 
and uh, you know being positive being happy smile you know works most of the time mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much it yeah and wow. be goal oriented yeah so being yeah, goal oriented is important and so yeah, it helps yeah. helps keep you on track so what do you see yourself doing in the future the future is basically just uh, Continue the empire, pretty much. You know, you'll have, you know, just continue the growth in terms of finding a niche market or a niche product that you can add into what we're doing. You know, like if you're selling, like right now, we're thinking basically to sell everything to the end user. You know, like oh, yeah. for an office, for example, legal firm, they need a furniture, they need a computers, they need printers, they need finance, they need this, they need that. We just tie everything in one and give it to supply to the clients. Hmm. You know, so just kind of invest in the same business that we have because the growth is phenomenally crazy in it. And there is so much potential to grow to the next phase. Mm-hmm. And just just basically investing in the business, investing in the right people. Yeah. Do you see yourself uh, expanding outside of Australia? Hopefully, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, mm-hmm. it depends. Uh, I was, uh, because my wife is from Toronto and uh, I went oh. there to kind of, uh, been there a few times. I was there last July for three months to understand how it works. It's, it's, there's a lot of competition. Now, competition is healthy. With yeah. no competition, there is no business. You know, it's boring, you know? So mm-hmm. there's competition there. There is lease finances there. So I think my next step is to kind of learn more about the businesses or, you know, the South North America and see how it works more, understand it and kind of just open a small little branch and test the water and see how it feels. And if it works, then yeah, why not? But Australia is a big market. Australia is huge here. So, How many people live in Australia? What's the population of Australia? Is this? I think it was about 22 million. There you uh, go. Approximately, you know, Australia wide, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. which is the same. Percentage, I think, in California was $22 million. That was about five years ago? Probably. Uh, I think it might be $30 million. I don't know. You can't keep track of California, especially that one center around L.A. I think Canada is about, what, $38 million to $45 million? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think um, the population in Australia more, but yeah, don't yeah. quote me on it. Yeah. yeah, I like my Australian friends and I like my Can- Canadian friends. They're much more decent people than we are here in America and probably much more healthier because they don't need all the fatty crap. But the only thing I, I always tease my Australian friends about is that Vegemite. That Vegemite. Oh, Vegemite, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't blame no, you. Yeah. you to, I think you have to grow up on it in Australia. Yeah. As a baby, yeah, they have yeah. to start feeding you that. That stuff, but uh, yeah. I always see they, they usually mix it up with like chicken or something. They 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 bake it with chicken. I heard really, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they use it as a sauce. But uh, it's they need to read the history of what that stuff really is. Stick to hot wings, my friend. It's much much better. Yeah, yeah. Stick to hot wings. That's the way to go. That's definitely the way to go. That's um, great, man. It's great. Yeah. So, what other piece of advice do you have for people who want to start their own business, following your kind of footsteps of success and you yeah. know, building something out of nothing, really. That's what entrepreneurs are, are great absolutely, at doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Start from scratch is always challenging, but once you know the basics and the, mem- the momentum is right and you got a great plan to execute, then go mm-hmm. for it. Don't listen to people, okay? So there's a lot of negativity these days out there in the world, you know? So 
uh, unfortunately, we live in a in a place that everything is negative, you know, news or, you know, social media stuff. And uh, a lot of young people, when they sit down with each other and they tell you, hey, uh, open your own business, you know, oh, well, I want to open this business. This is what the ideas that I want to come with. And they're like, oh, man, you know, don't do it. There's about 30 of them that have done it and they failed. <laughs> you can't say that, you know. Uh, matter of fact, when I started my business, my accountant that I still deal with, okay, uh, he was against me to open a business. Really? We were talking about this yesterday, actually. And I said, I said, to him, do you remember <laughs> 10 years ago, we were sitting having a coffee. You told me, do not open your business because it's a headache. Wow. And then I went, I went, I went beyond your words and I did it. So even family, friends, some of the people are like, man, don't do it. You're not good enough or, wow. you know, you're probably going to fail. You're already earning money right now. So don't take the risk. You know, I'm a risk taker. I've been taking risk all my life, you know, and living life I love is it. a risk. It's, it's, life is a risk. Exactly. So I decided yeah. to do it and here I am. So there you a go. Message to, to, a message to whoever is listening or, uh, in the podcast and uh, and the future listeners, take a risk. Don't be afraid. Just calculate it and understand what you want to achieve and listen to positive people and have positive energy around you and basically execute your plan because you will definitely make it happen. Yeah. You've got to have that vision. You've got to have the positivity. If you've got negative people, I've seen so many people get dragged down. They start a business yeah. and then they get someone in their head. It's like, well, you can't really do this. Or, you know, the, the negative Nancy's and, yeah, uh, absolutely. and they talk you out of it and you end up screwing up deals. I've had business deals where I thought I had a partner on good. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, some friend of theirs decided to pile a bunch of shit in their head and they believed it. And you're yeah, like, exactly. dude, and you and they'll screw the whole pooch and cause uh, multiple other problems for themselves as well. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy, man. Um, it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I've seen so many people. They come, you know, they 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 got an idea opening up, you know, a, a digital media company or you know, content creator or coffee shop or restaurant. They're like, oh man, I want to do this, but. Uh, the problem is there's so many restaurants around here and they fail. They mm. keep closing down. I was like, well, hold on a second. Why did they close down? Obviously, they're not really uh, doing the right thing. There is something that's not working. They should have tweaked it. Even us, when we started, I was basically only myself running the business. I was in a small little office, you know, three meter by five. I was just had a phone on me and a laptop and, uh, you know, uh, no overheads, but I was struggling to build it. But I was like, no, no, it's got to happen. Because the only thing I had in my mind is this business. So mm -hmm. I said to myself, if it's got to work. There's no plan B. This is it. My plan A was having a job and working for someone as an employee. Plan B, having an own business. Mm -hmm. They ain't got no plan C, my friend. Two plans. Yeah. So Probably. I took plan B and I had, I had to make it work. And now I created more opportunities for myself you know i come with a challenge i challenge my i i just don't like sitting down being bored you know i can mm -hmm. i can retire tomorrow and just live happily after and you know and, and enjoy life but and then what you know yeah. so i just got to challenge myself find something different it's very very difficult to reach but i have to reach it so you know uh, finding a new venture mm-hmm you know, so doing something new, helping people to grow. 
finding a niche market, finding a, some, some, some interesting product to sell, finding people that they want to be, you know, be successful. So my vision is not just make money and, 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 and raise my empire and, and, and become a multi-billionaire. No. Money itself, it's nothing because you can make money if you're really good at making it. If, if you're really good with people and if you really want to establish your mind to do something, you can do it. Okay? But helping people is the other thing here. As I said to you, you know, earlier, uh, we live in a time right now, it's controlled by social media. And you said it, TikTok. Everybody is on TikTok. They want to be billionaires on TikTok. They go and sit, stand next to a supercar. That's my car, you know, follow this and do this. And they want to build content. Yeah, great. But how about us? We never had these things back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like Australia, the U.S., you know, Europe. Everybody had access to computers. Everybody had access to Internet early days. We never had these things. Yeah, you know, when we're when we're you know uh, controlled by Saddam Hussein, yeah, there was security. However, there's nothing else we can do. You know, we were just so limited. We didn't have access to the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, like today. So when we when when I see young people today, they're in high school. They're just so very, very limited with their knowledge. They're just mm-hmm. not brought it. You know, they're just playing online games or, you know, creating really stupid content on their social media. They think they're going to be rich and influenced. Well, hold on yeah. a second. You should plan your future right now. You're racing against time. The only thing is against you is time, my friend. Yeah. Time is everything. Time is everything, and people don't realize Absolutely. sometimes you don't have a lot of it. The other thing Absolutely. about you know building your empire on TikTok or YouTube or other things uh, is you don't own those platforms, and they can be taken away from you. You know, Absolutely. we used to, back in the early days of YouTube, we made a lot of money off of YouTube every yeah. month, and eventually they said, "Oh, we want to do something different because we're paying these guys a lot of money, and we need to figure out a way." Not pay them so much money, but still get more views. And that's what they did. They figured out over time how to do it. And ever since then, we've seen our residual checks from YouTube dwindle. Um, uh, not anywhere near that they were uh, a few zeros missing off the end of them. Uh, <laughs> what they used to pay. And so that's, that's right. Yes. That's the problem with building on someone else's business model. And so you've exactly. got to own, you've got to own your own thing. And so dreaming to be, you know, a TikTok star or whatever the latest, you know, these things are fleeting anyway, whatever the bump yeah, pop exactly. is. Uh, you know, Absolutely. building on that is, is not a long-term, you know, life sort of project. I mean, they Absolutely, you know, yeah. You've seen uh, a lot of my friends who built on uh, Google+. Plus. They've seen that go out of business. Twitter, of course, has not done yeah. well for years. It used to. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are now on the fence. TikTok seems to be winning. And probably in a couple of years, something else is going to replace that. So planning to become a star on some of these things is... Um, not not something you want to build on. You want to, you know, I learned a long time ago, especially with partners and stuff, you want to own it. You want to control it. Exactly. It to be yours. This is, absolutely. And this is why we do everything in-house. You know, that's part of part of why we're doing everything in-house. And I did piss a lot of people off that I had to cut them off and not make revenue out of me because they wanted to suck mm. from the revenue that we make. <laughs> but at the end of the day, well, I'm the one who's generating them. You're getting a cut out of it. So why the hell am I going to keep in my platform and, I want you to make money out of it. Go do your own thing, you know, mm-hmm. for example, suppliers or finance companies or whatever. And so this is what 
really interesting subject that we were just talking about. Uh, uh, working for somebody else's, which is, you know, uh, having a channel on YouTube. What if you grow your, you know, audience or you'd be making millions of dollars and one day they can just say, you know what, you said the wrong thing, my friend, cut the tap on you. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. And then then you screwed. Yeah. It's all going downhill. You got to basically go big in other platforms to be part of it, you know, and uh, do whatever it takes to, to kind of get into their platform so they can generate the revenue. The best way is to start your own platform from day one and not to rely on anybody else. Have it with them as well, just mm-hmm. as a side thing, uh, you know, um, profit a little bit, but do not rely on it. Rely on yourself and rely on your sources that you have uh, and uh, build up your own platform because, you know what, you can control it. Don't let anybody to control you. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, James, as we go out, anything more you want to tease out about Printech, what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, look, uh, uh, yeah. Printech is, is a photocopier company, as I mentioned to you before. So uh, uh, we're a leasing company. We lease uh, office equipment, photocopiers, telco stuff, finance. And uh, uh, if anybody wants to see me on my um, uh, uh, social media, it's james.donatosian. Uh, you guys can share it, uh, and uh, people can uh, see the, the successes, the future, and the news of us uh, on, on my personal uh, Instagram page. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful and insightful, James, to have you on the show. It's been thank pretty you very brilliant. much for having me. And hopefully, we inspire a new generation of uh, people to become entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Thanks for for everything. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Uh, go to YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, the big 130,000 LinkedIn group, the LinkedIn newsletter, the LinkedIn, uh, everything on LinkedIn. Just go subscribe to <laughs> Chris Voss, the Chris Voss Show. We do so much over there. It's such a great platform. Uh, also go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's should-